Um, Laleen Paul grew up in England as the daughter of first-generation Indian immigrants. She won a scholarship to Oxford University where she studied English. She worked in the film industry in many capacities, including as a reader and as a screenwriter. After she had her daughter, she began writing for the theater, and her best-known play is Boat Memory, which was performed at the National Theater. I'm sorry. Boat Memory is, according to her website, based on the true story of why a young, unknown Charles Darwin sailed on the ship, the Beagle, to return three kidnapped teens back to their homeland of Patagonia. The Bees is her debut novel, and among its many accolades, it was shortlisted for the 2015 Bailey's Women's Prize for Fiction and won the 2015 Orion Book Award for Fiction. A few of the many interesting things that I read about the writing of this novel was that it was inspired by the recent death of a friend who was a beekeeper and that she wrote this novel in a small shed in her backyard to get away from the distractions of her house. Laleen Paul lives with her husband and her children in the south coast of England and is working on her second novel. In a review from the UK Guardian, The Bees is described in this way. Through imagining what it's like to be a bee, the novel ends up reflecting on what a marvel it is to simply be, cutting to the heart of existence as it pits the perils of extinction against the fierce instinct to survive. So why don't we see what everybody thought of this book? Well, first of all, it was definitely science fiction, and I've been meaning to write to the other list and let them know that. Um... Second of all, it's kind of funny. I, at first, I thought it was a children's book, but then I I went further. I'm like, no, that's not a children's book. Um, I think I like the the parts where it 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 talked about how the bees sensed things through their um and um their feet, and then also one of my things that stuck out to me was when um, she got caught in the cell cell phone tower which is interesting to me because you hear about all these bees dying and I wonder if that's why because it's messing up their signal and uh, that's it well it took me a while to get into the book but after a couple hours I just found it fascinating and I ended up having more questions about bees than the plot of the book, I kept thinking, wow, do bees really do this? Wow, do bees really do this? And then I heard a podcast by the author where she she did her research, and she pretty much everything in this book is very true in terms of what bees do. And I know personally, I don't, I don't like bees because they kind of startle you when they come upon you, but I'll never feel quite right about swatting at one again. Yes, this is Jenny. I hope I'm at the right distance from my mic. I'm, I um, didn't get all the way through the book. I'm still deciding how I feel about it. I um, really admire the work of the imagination this was. I admire the writing. Um, I think that it was just as much fantasy, maybe, as science fiction. And I also thought, Leela, was this for children? I also thought, as an adult, I have to admit I don't have quite as much... Um, imaginations I used to be. I wonder how I would have felt about reading this at age 14. I, um, I think that 
it's, it's interesting how she's created such a complete, consistent world, a lot of attention to detail. Um, I found that um, I had a hard time getting into the book, but then I am going to, I only got about two-thirds of the way through, but I'm going to reread it. And I think it's a book for when you're in a very relaxed mood. Um, I thought there was, um, you know, things that the book made me think about. Like this was a community that was a very loving community, a very tight community, but then there were all the dark sides of the community, which made me think about, um, I suppose it's political things, you know, like um, what price do we pay for being in a community? I know we have to have certain amounts of conformity and control, but, you know, um, that can edge toward totalitarianism. I also thought um, this was an interesting book to read since this is the first. I've never read anything like it. I guess that's the thing I'm most grateful about, that I got to read it. But it is an interesting book in terms of matriarchy. And I hadn't, you know, so that was interesting to me too. So I was, I um, felt that there was sometimes unnecessary detail or I wasn't ready to hear the detail and I thought sometimes, well, this is really interesting, but is this true or is this speculation? But I still um, think that the bees are very important to us, um, you know, in terms of pollination. Obviously, you know, they're such a vital thing. And crops are diminishing around the world. So I, um, that's, I guess that's all for now. Well, I wasn't sure what I was going to think about this book because I, I did read science fiction when I was a child, and I really liked it. But I haven't read science fiction for a long time, and honestly, I don't read any fantasy, so I couldn't tell you if this was science fiction or fantasy. To me, I just call it science fiction. And I, I actually found it absolutely fascinating. Um, there was a little bit of humor in it, like whenever the male drones would appear, they would say, worship to your maleness is an honor to the hive. And I just thought that was hysterical every time. And, and I think you needed a little bit of humor. Um, because there was so much violence in this world, and it was just, it was fascinating to me exactly what Ginny was saying. There's like political implications to this book. You think of it as sort of a, a matriarchal society. The women do all the work, the men sit around, and they get fed pet pastries, and, um, and they basically have one job, which is to in, impregnate the queen, and that, that's their whole mission in life. Um, and even the names were really interesting, like Sister Sage and Sister Teasel and Sister Thistle. I don't really know that much about um, flowers and flora, and I, and I gather that these are actually Sage I was familiar with, but um, they're, they're real names. Um, and even her name, I mean, she was, you know... She was Flora 717, so she, you know, they were talking about how the queen lays thousands of eggs. Um, it was, it was just really interesting, just the, the violence, um, all the, the threats that they have, like when the wasp came into the hive and, and the, the mouse came into the hive and, um, the, the sort of rigid caste system and, um, the idea, I think that Leela was mentioning how deformity is not tolerated because in the beginning she wasn't she was saved by Sister Sage who ordinarily she would have been killed and it was pretty gruesome listening to how they, they killed the, the eggs and, and the bees um, because she was larger and, and you know and apparently not attractive for a bee. So there were a lot of sort of interesting issues that, that you listen to besides just the, the imagination, the, the world that she created here. Well, I was thinking in terms of the drones this week that 
um, as far as their egos go, Donald Trump might have fit in quite well as a drone B. Perhaps he could have been a character here. I was wondering what you guys thought of Lyndon. Um, in well, the podcast I listened to, the interviewer described Lyndon and Flora as a love story, and I didn't see it that way at all. I think they ended up kind of liking each other because they helped each other out, but I certainly didn't see it as a love story. Did you guys? And also, Don, just chime right in here. We keep jumping in, and you haven't had a chance to say anything yet. Well, uh, I don't read fantasy. I do read some science fiction, and I read much less anymore. But what I don't like about fantasy is what I didn't like about the book, I guess. But she was very well... The first part I didn't like, and then it got pretty interesting in the middle, and then the end, the way it ended was kind of strange because the child was growing up like by the minute, you know, which was no biological basis for for it all. And uh, as you say, Lyndon, his role in the thing, and it was kind of a strange ending, but a lot of fantasies, science fiction, end that way, so I guess... That that was okay, but uh, I I wouldn't don't know I'd read any more of it. <laughs> well, I, I thought it was a very sensory book. I mean, they talk about the scent of the queen's love, so you could just imagine that these bees are are taking in this scent, and the scent of the queen's love was supposed to be have sort of a calming effect on all the bees, and then the flow. If you remember when. She uh, laid her first egg, you know, and even when she worked in the nursery, she produced flow, which was in in her mouth. So you, it, it was very, to me, it was very sensory. And I actually thought that Flora was in love with Sir Lyndon because at the end, when he was doing the the chase where they're trying to in, impregnate the the queen bee, um, Flora, she said something like "don't" or something like that. And she was really upset that Sir Lyndon was going after her daughter. Now, he he was like, you know, very much sort of a comical character. But then towards the end, um, after there was the massacre of the drones, you could see Sir Lyndon, you know, changed a little bit in his personality. And he wasn't so abrasive and, and so, um, you know, expecting everything to, to be served to him. And I wasn't exactly sure why she was in love with him, other than maybe he was the only male that she ever came in contact with. Um, he, she would groom him, you know, and, and she was around him a lot, and she really wasn't around other drones. So I thought maybe that was why. But she, I thought she definitely was in love with him in the, whatever sense bees can be, be in love. So um, I, 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 you know, I wasn't surprised that she was upset. I think that he was the one who, because it, it was a little graphic. Like they talked about how the male member would be, you know, detached, and you know, there was there was kind of some graphic parts in the story. Yes, there were. That's what made me know that oh, this is not for children. Yes, maybe you know, older. Um, Teenagers or whatever who probably already know about it, but yeah, um, when they, when they started talking about that stuff and kind of getting foul, if you will, or graphic, whatever, I was like, oh no, this is not for children. I would not have any of my nieces read <laughs> read that. Not at the age they are. Um, I thought it was interesting the whole hive mind mentality, which which I I knew that bees 
did that. Um, but I wondered, and maybe I'll do research, I don't know, unless you guys know, is it true that when the queen is basically through with that drone, does she literally throw him to the ground and kill him? I'm not sure about the queen and the individual drone, but the massacre of the drones is definitely true. She said that in one of the podcasts. And you might be amused to know that um, apparently she was more graphic in her original draft, and the editor accused her of writing Fifty Shades of B, and she cut a lot of it out. I thought that was pretty funny. I actually grew to really like Flora as a character. <laughs> I know it's kind of strange to say to yourself, well, I like this character who's a bee, but, I mean, she was, she, you know, she tried really hard. She she was the, the you know, the people were sort of against her. They, they were kind of, they felt that, that she was deformed in her appearance and that she should have been destroyed and that she, and she started out as a sanitation worker, so she had the, the horrible job of, of cleaning up the dead bees. Um, and she just, you know, sort of worked her way up the different different levels. And when I was listening also to some interviews with the author, apparently that's the way female bees live for however long they live is they go from job to job. So what Flora actually did in the story is really the way it would really be that they would be a forager, that they would um, have all the, the different types types of jobs. Um, and I liked her. I mean, I liked the, the maternal love that she felt for her eggs. I liked the fact that, um, you know, I mean, I guess she was a little violent, that part of the story. I mean, she, she wanted to protect her child, but, you know, she was killing uh, you know some of the female bees along the way. So for me, you know, not really reading a lot of science fiction or fantasy, I, I kind of really liked it. It was very, very imaginative. Um, I didn't really think too much about what was real and what wasn't real. I just liked, you know, sort of seeing this world that that was created. One thing that I found confusing was when she followed that wasp and went to the wasps. I guess hive and was eating sugar. Can anyone explain what was going on there? Are bees like not supposed to eat sugar or something? I don't know that much about bees or wasps. I guess I, I thought she was very accurate in her description, so I think there must be something to it, or she wouldn't have been there. Because uh, except for the very end, I thought it was pretty pretty accurate. Uh, accurate. This is Ginny. I had two points I wanted to bring up. Um, I too found the book kind of um, started to cast a spell on me. I, but what I'm what I'm wondering is, did anyone else feel like I did that? Um, while I really enjoyed experiencing the passions and the connections and the love, I felt that the hive. I felt claustrophobic reading the hive. I liked it when they were outdoors, but I felt you know a little bit trapped when they were talking about the cells and things. Um, Lila, I noticed that you've been trying to get through, so I don't know if you, if you can hear me, if you want to go out of the room and come back in, because your your hand's been up for a while, and for whatever reason, you're, you're not coming through. Um, I, you know, I didn't really feel claustrophobic because I wasn't really experiencing this, I guess, myself, um, and I just thought... <sighs> I thought it was such a, a different world, a world that 
I don't know anything about. So I, I just saw the book as as um, a well-researched imagination story, maybe. One thing I, I thought about when I was reading it that might have been interesting if the author had done it this way was to have different chapters with different perspectives from different types of bees, like have a thistle character and a teasel character and stuff like that, giving their perspective of what was going on at the same time of flora instead of making it all flora. But um, saying that, I still like the way she did it. Well, I think that she kind of did that because she took flora through all the different stages that you could be as a bee. So, you know, while we didn't necessarily hear, like we, we would hear sometimes, like Sister Teasel at one point said, the fertility police must do their job or we would be overrun by monsters and cripples, which is not a wonder, wonderful thing to hear. But, you know, so we got to see that, that point of view. And I guess the only question that I really didn't know is why Sister Sage saved Flora in the beginning because all throughout the book we saw all these instances where any time there was any kind of deformity that instantaneously the egg or the bee, you know, would be killed. So it was kind of interesting to me that, that they didn't do that with, with Flora at all. Um, but I think Leela's back, so we'll, we'll let her try to, try to go through. I'm not sure what happened. Sherry was talking and then I didn't hear anything. I think that Sister Sage might have saved her because she saw in Flora the capability of producing flow for the eggs. It seemed like she focused on that and immediately had her go to the nursery. Yeah, but I mean, she saved her as soon as she was born. She just fed her like a drop of honey, and then she just sort of... So I don't know when she was first born if she she would have known that so that I mean not that I didn't really mind it to be honest I mean it, it, you know because I I liked the journey that I took with Flora Seven Seven um, I know she was a bee but they gave her enough um, ways for us to identify with her like if it was just if we just saw her at, totally as a predator I don't think we could identify her but we saw her as a mother we saw her that she was. Um, you know, treated as as somebody who wasn't beautiful enough looking. Um, you know, there there were different ways that you could could identify with her as a female, I guess. Um, so so I I don't know how accurate that is, but it was kind of. I mean, I guess a lot of people didn't like the the anthropomorphism where they make you know bees having human qualities, but I think they had to because otherwise I don't, I don't think the story. It would have been harder to, to follow her story if it was just like a incredibly violent world all the time. I agree with you. I like the journey, and I like the way you put it that way, because that's exactly what it felt like. Was It was basically her journey through her life, and it told about the hive, and it told about the cluster. That was interesting, the cluster. I think that's what it's called. That was, that was very interesting. Um, also... I liked Lyndon, too. I did not like him in the beginning, of course. But like you were saying, too, at the end and in the kind of middle toward the end, he did change, especially after the drones died. But I think even before that, he was kind of starting to change toward her, at least. Um, But I ended up, I think my favorite characters were Flora and Lyndon and... um, 
That cool beekeeper guy. Not the first one, but the second one. Yeah, I mean, Lyndon, you know, in the beginning, he was kind of like a fop or whatever the word is. I mean, it was really, to me, it was funny. Every time they said, worship to your malenesses, I was just thinking, this is like very strange. It's not a not a thing that you usually hear. Certainly, I don't hear in my real life, you know, if a man walks in, you don't say, worship to your malenesses, and all the women go crazy, and they want to feed him pastries. So some people could say that was a little too much, but I think you needed a little bit of humor in the story, and to me, at least, it made it, made it smile. And Sir Lyndon, I mean, he wasn't my favorite character, but he certainly became much more appealing I think as the book went along and after he saw the massacre of the bees and after he was involved with that, it certainly changed his his life around. And that I know is true. I know if the bees um, survive the massacre, then they're allowed to chase after the new queen. So, um, you know, I'm sure there's, I mean, I'm sure if you're a scientist, there's there's probably little details that weren't 100% right, but it, it, it was interesting to me. It was an interesting sort of imaginative world based on science. I thought some of the uh, writing was very vivid, and I think that one of the things that lingers in my mind was the encounters that the bees had with the spiders. Those were kind of chilling and fascinating. Yeah, there was a lot of violence in this world. I mean, a lot. Like, everything was going along, and you had the nice scenes where, you know, there was the nursery, and you sort of pictured these little babies and all little, you know, cribs and everything like that. Um, but then, you know, there was the wasp, and there was the, the spider who, you know, was later. And then some of the uh, some of the animals that they mixed with, they were not predators, but some of them, some of them were, and those were scenes were were really really violent. I don't generally like to read about violence to begin with, um, but I know the natural world is is violent, um, so I think that that was really you know accurate. Did you guys get the very end part of it? I did not. I. I... I didn't get the very end where it said they went with him. I, I didn't get it. Can you help me get that? <laughs> um, I was kind of like Don. I thought the ending wasn't the strongest part of the book, but I took it to indicate that they were going to a new hive um, and that's and that they had a new queen, of course, which was Flora's daughter. But other than that, maybe Michelle or somebody can fill in more detail. Well, I you know... There was the, the, the man who owned the house who came and I guess they were spraying pesticides or something on, on the hive. At one point there was all that smoke and they would talk, they would have, it was kind of interesting. I, I liked it, the stories that they had in the library. One of the stories was called The Visitation and I think The Visitation was when humans you know came and, and, and did things. Um, so I thought that they were leaving also and, and going someplace else. Um, and maybe because the, the hive was being destroyed, because at the very beginning of the book they were talking about selling that house. There weren't a lot of humans in this story, but there was the, the man who owned the house. So that's what, I, that's what I thought it was. Well, Alan, if you want to try again, you could tell us um, what you thought of the book. Yeah, I'll try. My... my uh Mike was buffering the other day, but I think it's because I've been switching my microphones between my headset and uh, uh, this new Snowflake microphone I got. But I've restarted my computer, so it should be working okay. 
first thing I want to say is I don't think the TC conference app works all that great on the iPhone. That, that's what I was trying on earlier, and it just kind of sucks. But anyway, I like the book. Uh, yeah, I read the whole thing, and uh, I, I'm kind of like Sherry. I enjoyed the. Uh, well, I'm gonna stop real quick. Am I buffering okay? Can y'all hear me all right, or am I coming through okay? You're fine, and I agree with you. I deleted that app, but you're coming through loud and clear. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I, I like the book. I, I, like like Sherry said, I found that I was really enjoying the the stuff about the bees. You know, I've always heard a lot of neat things about bees. I've never really done any real research on them, but the book kind of makes me want to go out and, and get like a like a scientific book that talks about bees and what all they do and stuff. Because I know I know they're 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 great. They do a lot for mankind and stuff. And uh, uh, I mean, it's, it's some of the uh, some of the personification got got a little much from time to time. But I mean, I, I thought the story was good, and it and it kept me. You know, I, I didn't have any trouble staying with the the plot and stuff. And there there was enough happening. I have to admit, I I, I got a little confused on the whole angle. That made me it made me wonder about how bees really reproduce because they kept referring to this stuff that, that nobody was supposed to mate except for the queen and then she kept having these eggs and i never maybe they left that part out to spare us the, the explicitly sexual stuff but it, it seemed like she kept having these eggs without ever being involved with anybody so i got a little confused by that so i don't really know how all that works but uh i enjoyed the book well supposedly don't, I'm not going to tell you this is 100% accurate, but when I listen to some interviews with the author, one in 10,000 female bees is a laying worker. So the female bees are called worker bees. As, as, as you saw in the story, they were actually the ones who, who did all the different jobs, and the male bees had really one job, which was to impregnate the queen, and that was their job. And then they would have the massacre of the bees, and then if you survived the massacre of the bees, you were again allowed to, to impregnate the queen if, if you could catch her. Um, so that, that seemed to be what it was. So I think it's a real phenomenon with bees that occasionally um, that a female worker bee does lay an egg. And what we were talking about was sort of the mix between like imagination and um, anthropomorphism where you give, uh, you know, human qualities to animals and science. So there was kind of an interesting mix in this story because it was a really imaginative story. There was a lot of sensory stuff like the scent of the queen's bee, the scent of the queen's love and the flow that was produced and those were kind of sensory things. Um, there was a lot of violence in the world also, but then you saw with Flora that she had maternal love, um, that she had a, a you know a, a type of love for Sir Lyndon. So there was a I thought there was a really interesting mix of all of these different things imagination and science and um and even human qualities that we're giving to animals i thought it was really cool because i can't smell <clears throat> i have no sense of smell so when i read this book and you know i would read about the sensations coming through their feet whether it be through the flowers or through the um um the, just the sense codes on the—that was so cool. The sensory codes on the, on the floor, the wax, floor or whatever. And then, you're right. This was a really sensory, sensor, sensory book, and I liked it because it was. And 
you know, because I can't smell, that was very interesting to me. No, I couldn't imagine what the flowers would smell like or anything like that, but it was really interesting to hear it from a quote-unquote bee's perspective, if you will. You know, the fact that she's in England reminded me of some other anthropomizing books like Watership Down, mostly about rabbits and things, but uh, this is the first one I've read about insects and trying to make them act human and, of course, you're very. They have a very rigid uh, way of life and stuff. So it's very interesting. Um, yeah, Alan. To your point, when I um, thanks to Michelle providing some podcasts to listen to, the author said that some of these bees can have eggs, but I didn't understand whether they needed a male to do that or they just spontaneously produced them on their own. I assume they also needed a male, and she just left that part out. So whatever. Um, yeah, Watership Down is a great book. There's also a book on Bard about ants, which I have no idea if it's any good or not. Um, it's also listed as sci-fi, I think. Alan, what did you think about um, the parts with, like, with the female and the male relationships? I thought it was very funny when every time the males would appear, they'd say, worship to your malenesses and honor to the hive. Did you find that funny, or did you think it was kind of silly? It cracked me up. I thought I thought, I thought it was hilarious. And, and those guys going around talking about drone wood and stuff, I thought, oh, man, th- this is just too funny. Uh, uh, no, I, I, I appreciated her sense of humor and the way... Uh, the, the the way she kind of overdid some of some some of the the, the sexual talk about it. I could just see a bunch of uh, of male guys strutting around trying to, to trying to press you know the you know, the female species uh, you know uh, like like we tend to do and uh, I I really appreciated that I thought I thought it was I thought it was quite cleverly done and I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I I think the story really needed some humor. It really did because there were so many episodes of violence in the story. And every time they would say that, I mean, it was silly, but it was like funny, kind of silly. And one of the things that Ginny was mentioning, which also came out in the story, was just the, the sort of the rigid caste system and the way that the females had certain tasks and the male had certain tasks. And it was just a very, um, I guess, like a matriarchal sort of society because she lives in England. Um, She would always be asked, you know, was this based on, like, the English system of the monarchy, which I think is a little bit of a stretch to to go there. But it was a very kind of a a rigid caste system. So there were a lot of interesting, like, male-female dynamics, I thought, in the story. Yeah, and I like that, too. I mean, and that's that's one thing. I mean, she she was, like y'all were saying, they they were trying to anthropomorphize the whole thing with, and, and I and I think I mean that those caste systems in the insect world I mean they're they're there for a reason and stuff and of course floor seven one seven was kind of like the uh, she was kind of like the one that that, that overthrew all that stuff and because she was mixing with all the different she was doing all the different tasks and stuff and you know I I like the way they did it and stuff but but I but I guess in nature you know there's a reason that 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 things are organized the way they are because I think it works. And uh, uh, but but I enjoyed the you know the, uh, the the human perspective on everything and, and it took a lot of thought for her to write this and and uh, you know to, to to personify it and anthropomorphize it and stuff to make it where she attributed uh, our characteristics to 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 what I think was probably a lot of research she put into the way bees really live and stuff and I, I enjoyed the whole mix. I think I also liked the length of the book. 
I think it was perfect. It was great. I mean, it was, you learned, you laughed, and as you said, you went on a journey with her, and it was really cool. I actually thought that at one point, uh, maybe, because I was trying to think, well, what, what, where will Flora end up in this? That's what I wanted to know. So I thought, well, maybe she'll become the queen or something. I did not expect her to actually have a, that was a good twist, have a daughter. And she actually picked a good time to for her to be born because had she been born any earlier, she may have been um, uh, killed in the fight between the two other uh princesses or whatever you wish to call them so it was really she it was a good time for her to be born and then she ended up being queen and uh that was i really did i liked it it was it was a it was a funny educational growing book if you will yeah, I like the length also. Um, I think it was it was it was enough. You know, you I don't think I'd want to read a twenty hour book. Um, the only character that we didn't mention, um, I don't know if anybody had any thoughts about, was Lily Five Hundred, who was the older female worker. I don't know if anybody had any thoughts about her. Oh, I really liked Lily Five Hundred a lot, and I wonder. That's one thing that I hadn't heard. I mean, it seems like this is probably not true that there's some sort of telepathy that she passed on to Flora to be able to hunt things or stuff or like a mind meld from Star Trek or something like that. But I like that character a lot and I liked the way that was worked into the story. I was also going to mention, I thought it was really interesting that mouse that invaded the hive. I mean, they killed it, but they really have no way to get rid of things that invade the hive. So I guess they just leave it there to rot in the hive and maybe they vacate that space or something. I, I thought that was kind of interesting how they would deal with some large predator like that. Yeah, that that was interesting. In, in the book, they ended up putting it in wax and stuff, didn't they? And, like, and push it in a side, kind of? Is that, is that what they did? They did. And how did they know? How did. I, when, it, when it first started invading the hive, I thought it was like a dog or something. The way they made it sound, which makes sense, because from the perspective of a bee, everything is bigger. I did not suspect a mouse, so that was interesting to me. What did you all think of the like the terms that she used, like the kindness, which meant death, and the myriad, which meant like the predators or the the invaders? Did, did you like that that kind of language? Yeah, I thought it, I thought it was pretty good, and it it, it seemed to kind of fit too. I mean, uh, it, it seems like. Uh, any kind of society that, that that has such a structured kind of system like like the bees obviously did thrive on euphemisms and stuff. I, I mean, and, and she, I thought she did a good job of of, of doing that. And I, you know, uh, and I thought, yeah, the the, the, the kindness. I mean, it's, it's always whatever it's referring to is always kind of the opposite of whatever the word is it's chosen to label it with. Yeah, there's a couple of phrases from this book that honestly I can't get out of my head. One of them is accept, obey, and serve, and the other is the sense of the queen's love. I just, I don't know why. It's like in my brain now. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but um, I'm I'm glad that everybody liked the book. I know it's a really different kind of a book, um, and I... I, like I said, I don't know if this is science fiction or fantasy. I don't know what it is, but it was—it was really. I thought it was very imaginative, so I'm, I'm glad that that you know it, that you all liked it. Another 
thing is the spiders. I thought the spiders were really creepy, and I didn't really understand how they fit into the story of telling them what was going to happen and stuff. And I'm sorry, Ginny, I noticed you had your hand up a couple times, so if you want to go ahead, we'll back off. No, go ahead, Sherry. I was just going to say I was also struck by that phrase, um, accept, obey, serve. I think that's the the, <laughs> the sequence. It, I guess that was a little bit like Alan said, um, when you use these euphemisms to kind of um, get people to go along, perhaps, you know, um, that it's kind of like a little bit like 1984, I guess. Yeah, I was reminded a little bit. I, I, I kind of kept waiting for her to, 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 to weave in, uh, you know, drinking the Kool-Aid because it kind of reminded me of that. Uh, uh, I thought it was a little bit like that, that whole Jim Jones thing uh, uh, because... Uh, I mean, I, I obviously, you know, when you when you anthropomorphize this stuff, you're you're going to get, you know, a different spin on it and stuff. But uh, uh, it, you know, it, it was a little bit over the top the way they they, they presented it because you know, you got here you got floor seven one seven trying to, uh, you know, be be more more human really than than be like. So it, it did make a it it made for an interesting story, and I, I liked I thought she did a really good job with it and stuff. Sherry, I, I was interested in your point, too. I wasn't about the spiders, and I, maybe you could return to that. I wasn't sure when they predicted you'll have two winters how that you – know, I wasn't exactly sure about what that what was going on there. I think the spiders wasn't the strongest part of the story. I mean, they were really creepy, and it seemed almost like they were being fed bees that had died in exchange for information or something. So sometimes whenever there was a different species, I always assumed that it was a predator. But the spiders, they were a predator, but they were a different type of predator than um, the wasp was, who, you know, really, really was a predator. So that that was probably, like, one of my least favorite parts of the story. I thought it was, like, a little too creepy. And I didn't really know that it went that well with the rest of the book. I think the only part that it fit in, if it did at all, was it made Flora think. Basically, oh no, I'm going to make the hive go mad. I'm going to tear the hive, which is what she was told. You're going to make them go mad. Well, it wasn't her that did it, you know, a lot of that. Um, she actually tried to keep the hive together, but she tried to. She was a rebel in her own right, if you will. But. I think what the spiders did was caused her to basically doubt herself and kind of lose some of her confidence. And if if anything, that may that may be where it fit. But really, um, I didn't like where. You're right. There was a lot of violence in the in this bee world. I didn't like where all the the bees had to basically die to get information. That wasn't. I don't think it even came. I don't think the two winners actually came true. And um, it did come true to where she had two eggs, yeah. But I don't think the two winners came true, did it? No, I I don't think it did either. I mean, I think it was a much, much shorter period of time, so I I think you're right about that. Wasn't there a pause in the middle of winter where they thought it might be nice enough to go out and it turned out not to be? Could that be what they meant by two winters? I didn't get that either. Either that or I thought maybe it was spring because they never mentioned. Well, yeah, they did mention spring, didn't they? Well, no, they did they? Yeah, I think they did. It, it went through basically all the seasons. Yeah, maybe you're right, Sherry. Yeah, I, I got confused a little bit by, about that too because it just it seemed like they never really finished up that whole 
plot introduction with, with the two winners. So uh, uh, at, at least we've got a consensus. It, it seemed like none of us really connected with that second winter. Okay. Well, I guess we, we did a pretty good job discussing the book. And um, it's not not probably the usual kind of book that we're going to read, but every once in a while, if we come upon something that's a little different, you know, who knows? We'll we'll take a chance. Um, so, as as I mentioned earlier, um, we're actually going to be skipping this this year, the month of September. Um, so the next time we're going to meet is in October. Um, it looks pretty likely that it's going to be Thursday, October 1st, which is actually the first day, the first Thursday of the month. Um, we're going to have to check with Bob Acosta. Um, in case, um, I think it's likely that we're going to be changing the date of the group, but we'll send out, you know, notices on the DB Review so everybody will have a chance to, to make sure. Um, the book that we're going to read in October is um, more like a regular book. <laughs> um, I read it probably about a month ago. I really, really like this book a lot. It's called uh, Walking on Trampolines, and the author is Frances, and her last name is Whiting, W-H-I-T-I-N-G. And it's a pretty new book. It's DB81113. And Frances Whiting actually is an Australian, um, I think she writes a newspaper column. This is her first book. And what it is, it's, um, it's, it's a story about a, a girl named Tulula, uh, who's known as Lulu. And it's about her family. She has a friendship with three different women. Um, it's like, I guess, a coming-of-age story and a family story. Um, and it was really good. I really, really liked, liked the book a lot. Um, it's the, the subject that it's in is human relations, um, which I know most of us like to read those, those kind of books. So um, the book is Walking on Trampolines. The author is Frances Whiting, and it's DB81113. I put it up in the chat window if anyone wants to cut and paste it. You just hit F9 and arrow key to uh, read what's in the chat window. Was that on the DB list a while back? I know I thought I had heard of that book, but I don't remember the review, so I won't say anything about that. But I thought I remembered the title. Was that or no? Um, I don't know. I don't remember seeing it on the DB review, which doesn't mean that it wasn't. Um, it's a pretty new book. It was published in 2013, so it's kind of kind of new. Um, and um, and like I said, she's an Australian author. And I think um, who who reads the book? I think it's Gabrielle Gabriella Cavallero. And I think she does a pretty good Australian accent. Um, so much so that I didn't realize right away that it was Gabriella Cavallero. So it's it's read pretty well, also. Um, and it's, I, I would probably describe it as a coming-of-age story and a family story, I think. I don't remember seeing it on DB Review, but there was a book on DB Review that had the word Gillespie's in it. It's a family story in Australia, too, so maybe you're thinking of that one? Could be. I have to tell you, speaking of narrators, that narrator, I don't remember who it was, but she did an a great job with this book with the B book it was wonderful I mean she really made the book she really did yeah I'm glad Leela that you mentioned it because I thought she did like an amazing job with the bees I, I really did I thought she, she did a really really wonderful job it made the story 
better listening to her narration. So y'all are going to switch to the first Thursday? Is is, is that right? Still at 9 Eastern? or And it's going to be October 1st since, that, since the Thursday is uh, the first day of the month of October? That's the hope. Um, we have to check with Bob Acosta and make sure that we can. But I looked at the calendar, and Sherry looked at the monthly calendar. The The only event that is the first week of the month is the group that Don does, which is the history group, which meets on the first Tuesday. Um, the reason why we didn't want to switch to the third Tuesday was I thought we thought it would be too close to novel ideas and world of books. You know, we, it'd be like every other day there'd be another group meeting, and we thought doing it the first week of the month would give people more time to, to space it out. So as it turns out, the first Thursday in October is October 1st. Um, so, but we do, you know, it's not set in stone yet because we have to talk to Bob Acosta and make sure that we can switch. But um, it, it seems likely that we, we will, we're going to be skipping September, and it seems likely in October that we're going to switch to the first Thursday of each month. Well, I don't know why you'd have a problem with that. You're right. I don't, I don't think much else meets on, on Thursday, so that's like a good plan. Well, actually, I wasn't going to mention this, but I talked to Bob Acosta on a meeting we had earlier tonight, and he did not see a problem with it. So I'm pretty sure this is what we'll do. But watch for announcements. We'll send out an announcement. Um, I don't I don't know whether we'll send one out. We were thinking about just waiting till September till we knew for sure we were going to change dates. But I'm leaning towards sending it out earlier. Michelle and I will talk about it. But in any case, you'll see announcements about it. Cool. Can you believe it'll be winter when we reach? Oh, I got to go. Bye, guys. Well, thanks, everybody. Thanks for coming. And, um, you know, I'm glad everybody liked the book. And hopefully you'll, you'll like the next book as well. Um, and you can always, you know, email one of us and ask when we're meeting if, if you have any questions. But we'll send it out to the DB Review um, and, and probably, like Sherry said, pretty soon. Well, thanks for everybody's comments, and I'm sorry I was late, but I enjoyed the discussion. So y'all have a great uh, rest of your evening and a great rest of your week. And Catch you later. Bye. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks for coming.